broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. This is Stephanie Bell. You're listening to Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I am joined by producer Hannah. Hello. And John Marsh. Good morning. And, of course, Brian Houseworth is with us as well. Um, really big news in Missouri on Mizzou Homecoming. Our uh, senator, in mid, one of our senators in mid-mo, uh, President Pro Tem Caleb Browden, announced he was going to run for Secretary of State. And it has been fireworks since then. There's been a lot um, involving uh, elections and some stuff going on with the House Speaker. And so a lot to weigh in on. He was on Fred Perry's show, CEO Roundtable. Brian has posted that to the website. Yes. Um, and of course, you can check out the Eagle app if you want to um, check that long form interview. I listened to it and learned a lot. It was so a good interview. You should check that out. Um, S- Senator Rowden, welcome to the show. Good to be here. Yeah, good to have you. So, uh, first of all, um, there's some new stuff out yesterday that I saw on Twitter about the ERIC program, um, and specifically that involves the Secretary of State's office. Have you seen these tweets, and is there any is there any truth to them? Um, essentially, I think the allegation is that we were sh- briefly enrolled in ERIC, um, and somehow ERIC was sharing our data with China. Yeah, yeah well, I can't speak to, uh, you know, whether or not, that is true or not. Um, I, I think we've done some pretty extensive research and, and the team is doing more research on uh, Eric. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think the broader conversation is, is uh, you know, data privacy and data protection. I think we, we've tried to, in the legislature, we've tried to be diligent about um, not being irresponsible, but also being very, very intentional about making sure that, you know, Missourians' data is protected and, and, and the, the, the privacy element is there. Uh, you know, so we, we've we've done that in the legislature. I think you know, if if I'm fortunate enough to move up and move on in the secretary of state's role, I think would be even you know, there, there's there's an additional kind of level of scrutiny and diligence that has to happen. Uh, the, the the amount of data, not just election data, uh, but other types of data that that are relevant to the secretary of state and their interaction with uh, the people of Missouri, I think is really really important. So. We're going to do it. We're going to be intentional about that. You know, I think it's it's um, we're, we're not going to go down. Um, we're not going to go down roads that we don't need to. But we're also going to be very, very uh, serious about making sure that the, that the data, data privacy of, of Missourians is protected. Senator, we appreciate you joining us. I did post the full interview with you and Fred Perry from uh, over the weekend. Ninety three nine the Eagle dot com. You talked about term limits. You talked about your run for secretary of state. Lots of good good issues. I mean, there were about ten or fifteen, literally things I could could have pulled sound bites from uh, that were on there. But at the end of the interview, you slammed Senator Hoskins, saying that he essentially killed the gaming bill because he wanted the slot machines in gas stations. And he did respond to me last night. And it's uh, three sentences, but I'm going to read his response to you because I'd like you to respond. He's basically disagreeing with what you said. He said the Missouri Constitution quote says state tax revenue from gaming must be used for education and veterans. And currently, that tax revenue does not fully fund our veterans' homes and cemeteries. As a veteran of the Missouri Army National Guard, I will continue to find a dedicated funding source for our veterans' homes and cemeteries. Unfortunately, comma, as a former pop singer, Rowden's loyalties lie with getting the best deal for casinos, not the best deal for Missouri veterans and taxpayers, end of quote. Essentially there, he's saying you're carrying the water for casinos. Senator, your response? <laughs> it's 
Uh, I, I'm curious if he's trying to make a connection between a Christian musician and a, and a casino. That's an interesting. Uh, that's an interesting political play. Uh, no, I mean, look, you ask anybody. I mean, literally anybody. You don't have to ask me. You could ask anybody that uh, in, is involved in uh, Missouri politics. Any any of the other probably thirty uh, two members of the legislature of the Senate, um, and and most of the members of the House. Um, Senator Hoskins is solely responsible for this. It's, it's the it's the bet he's made. He's got to lay in it. I, I'm, I, I mean, it's you know he he found um, you know uh, an ally that was willing to to fund his campaigns uh, in in the VLT folks, uh, and and he's he's been loyal to him. I think, uh, but he's going to have to realize he's been loyal at the expense of a whole host of people who are who are less interested in slot machines and gas stations and more interested in just being able to do in some cases what they've already been doing for a long time, just to be able to do it legally. So. Um, you know, revisionist history doesn't work. Uh, he knows it. I mean, I, I don't have to. It, it, it's not going to be. I, I don't have to. I don't have to do anything to win that fight. Um, everybody else will win the fight for me. Appreciate. It. Thank you, Senator. Senator, talk to us about something you've worked on. Gosh, I think maybe almost a year ago when we talked to you about your priorities for the past session coming up was what the heck was going to happen with initiative petition reform and also critical race theory. Yeah, you know, IP reform is an ongoing discussion. Uh, we got, uh, as is the case, a, a number of different uh, ways and, 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 and a lot of different issues. Uh, we, we passed a bill out of the Senate. The House passed a different version uh, last year on IP reform, uh, kind of some back and forth between just a simple raising of the, the threshold uh, for a constitutional amendment versus uh, this somewhat new idea of some sort of concurrent majority you have to get uh, you know, five of eight congressional districts or a majority of the House districts or, or you know, a, a different metric uh, to, uh, you know, maybe incentivize rural Missouri to be a little bit more engaged. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think the variables have changed all that much on IP. Um, you know, we still have the same that, that the Dems still don't want any changes. I think Republicans have to figure out uh, what changes they do want and, and get in a little bit more, um, find a little a little more consensus before uh, you know, finding a path to the end there. Uh, you know, CRT, we've, we worked on last year, uh, passed a bill that, that did some good. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things that we're going to keep looking at. Um, you know, not, not every school in the state, uh, or not every teacher in the state far from it are, uh, engaging and in, in trying to indoctrinate kids in this way, but there are some that are doing it. There's some school districts that are being intentional about it. And I think we should, find find any anything that we can do including uh you know the the, the control of the purse strings uh, to make sure that we're educating kids and not not brainwashing them something you shared on fred perry's uh show was you said when contemplating uh running for secretary of state you talked to senator blunt and he said that that was his favorite office why do you yeah. why do you think that is and what drew what draws you to that particular office yeah, I think uh, you know part of it is probably what drew Senator Blunt. I mean, you know, he's a, he's a he's a serious, he's a serious person. He's, he he was a serious public servant. Um, you know, I think the the I was less uh, one. I wasn't 100 percent sure I wanted to do this. Uh, you know, being in Senate leadership for six years, you you take on some battle wounds that uh, maybe want to push you the other direction. But uh, you know, we were thinking about thinking about just continuing to serve and what where where we could do that. I I think I was less. Um, enamored with trying to find the path of, of political least resistance, right? You know, a, a, a seat that you can uh, walk into, et cetera, and just trying to find one that, hey, if I'm going to keep doing this, if I'm going to keep serving the people of the state in some capacity, uh, you know, I'd like to do it 
in, in a serious and functional way. And I think the, uh, the Secretary of State's office is the is the best place for that. You know, the 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 um, depth and breadth of 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 all of the various ways that that office uh, interacts with Missourians, and and I think there's a lot of things we can do. We're already putting a plan together. Um, you know, to to really be intentional about communicating. Okay, you know, this is. This is maybe how your interactions with that office have been in the past. Here's what we want to do to improve it, uh, whether it's the business business side, the library side, the election side, uh, securities, and, and a whole host of things in between. So, um, you know, it, it's a it's a it's a real job. You know, it's not it's not a fluffy um, <laughs> kind of statewide position. There's there's a, a big you can staff na- you can name the fluffy statewide positions, <laughs> right? <laughs> Right. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> Lieutenant Governor has can pretty much do whatever they want. And right. I will say, Lieutenant Governor Kehoe has turned that role into, uh, you know, quite a robust office. But, yeah, I mean, uh, that, that's really what drew us to it. I, it just was, it was uh, if I'm going to keep doing this, if I'm going to, uh, you know, continue on in this path, we, we want it to be real, we want it to be effective, and we want it to benefit the people of Missouri, and that's just, this is where we thought we could do it. So that role, uh, you, the current Secretary of State, Jay Ashcroft, has received some criticism from legislators, I think mainly Democrat legislators, about his uh, a- activity in the legislature. He had come over and testified on some bills and is pretty active as far as having a legislative agenda. Do you, How do you plan to, you know, if elected, uh, you know, do you plan to be as involved? Are you going to scale that back? What's your thoughts on that? Well, I think, you know, I, I think we can be a little bit more essential. Secretary of State Ashcroft is running for governor. Everybody knows that. And so I think there's an element of, of politics involved with most of this. I don't I, I don't think I'm breaking any news there. I mean, I think one of the things that is, is was and is intriguing to me about the Secretary of State's role is, is it is it is a, a, a call balls and strikes office a lot of the time. It doesn't mean that uh, you don't you don't use um, your or you don't have principles. It doesn't mean that you don't. I put those principles to use in in some ways, but yeah, I think we'll be a little bit more intentional about you know I, I, I I'm I, I'm a senator now I've been a legislator now well I will have been for 12 years I don't necessarily love it when um, you know other folks who aren't intimately involved in in the the conversations come in and 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 try to bigfoot us so I think we'll probably be a little bit more intentional about that because I've been on the other side of it and I understand that but. We're going to use the, the office, uh, you know, I think, again, in a way that it best serves the people of Missouri. And if that means we, uh, you know, take a leading role and, and trying to get something through the legislature, certainly we'll we'll do that. But we'll do it more as a partnership and not not sort of as a bludgeoning into submission, uh, you know, sort of situation. Now, the House Ethics Committee met Friday um, and it has been suggested that it was related to the recent allegations against Dean Plocker. Any comments? I know your uh, colleague, I believe, Senator Koenig weighed in and said he should resign. Um, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, you know, I, I think um, uh, Dean's a friend of mine, and, and I, I think certainly mistakes were made. I think he would admit mistakes were made. I think there is there is a process that is in place in the House um, that that uh, is a bipartisan process that, that I, you know, maybe I don't know exactly what that uh, ethics committee talked about. Obviously, most of it was behind closed doors, but, uh, you know, th- there's a process in place that would, uh, allow that that um, you know sort of situation to to get to its conclusion. I think in a natural way. So um, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna weigh in too much other than to say you know I think he knows he made mistakes. It seems pretty evident that um, that uh, that that's the case, and and the house is going to do what they're going to do, and then the conclusion is going to be what it's going to be. But that, I think you know the resignation is up to to, to Speaker Parker and and the members of the House Caucus. All right. Well, coming up this week, you've got the Senate caucus. What uh, what goes on at that meeting and what do you expect uh, to come out of it? 
Yeah, it's always a good time. You know, we have, uh, you know, usually have pretty, it's pretty well attended down in Branson. Um, you know, we have a good time, break bread together. And um, we really just try to figure out, okay, this is, this is a new year. Uh, all of the, the um, uh, perils and, and turmoils of the year prior, uh, you know, are gone, at least for the moment. We have a chance to, um, you know, to, to, to write a new story and figure out how, what we can do to, to, to pass you know, really a really strong conservative agenda. So we'll talk about that. I think, you know, the, I think a lot of people know what the priorities are. Um, you know, some of them we were able to get done in the last couple of years. Some are, are still uh, hanging out there and we've got some work to do. But I think part of it is just, uh, you know, the relational component of, of, of um, serving the legislature, serving in a caucus together and accomplishing things is really, really important. Um, you know, and there's a lot of members of our caucus, I think, who work hard to get uh, the relational component right so they can build the trust, um, you know, to, to be able to ask, hey, will you will you come on board with the thing that I'm doing? Um, you know, I think there's folks who take a different approach, which which is just, um, you know, full frontal assault and, and warfare. Um, so we, we, we try to we try to get those relationships as, uh, as as good as they can be, as strong as they can be heading into January. And we'll talk priorities and hopefully we'll come out of there united and, and ready to do some good for the people of Missouri. We will hope that for for you as well. Uh, thanks so much for joining us uh, this morning. Uh, we really appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. All right. Coming up next, it's going to be What's Hot with Hannah. Hannah, what do you got for us this morning? A very special kind of DMV Ooh. that might be really great or really bad. Awesome. That's up. <laughs> it's time for What's Hot with <laughs> Hannah. It is Sorry. 725 <laughs> ish which means it's it's actually 726 close but i will share the blame on that because i forgot to have my little hot 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 pulled up (laughs) um the dmv there are truly fewer places in this world that i would rather go than the dmv i refuse to go really do you just just make the husband do it i do it's man duty (laughs) man duty that's a blue job (laughs) yep Have we talked about pink and blue jobs on the show before? I'm not sure. Maybe we'll have to touch on that later. Um, But the DMV is almost always a terrible experience. I know there's a hidden gym in Jefferson City. In the Truman Building, they have one there, and it's usually really good. And Stephanie doesn't like to share that one because she doesn't want too many people to know about it. I like to gatekeep that secret. (laughs) And you can do it online. Yeah, Yeah, A lot of it. And online. Um, The state of Illinois is introducing a new type of DMV that is for one specific type of person, but it might actually help the rest of us out in the process. Like new drivers? It is not new drivers. It is actually very experienced drivers. They are opening a elderly folks only DMV center. What? And it is a full service DMV, but it specializes in dealing with elderly folks and it's sort of like a skip the line type of place um they accept walk-ins and stephanie i don't know if you've ever been at the dmv and you're behind an older person and i know they can't help it bless their hearts but sometimes it they're just it takes them a long time to figure out what they're trying to do or maybe they're like writing out a check yeah and maybe they need a little more guidance than that's me i write checks still. oh well I don't even own checks. I should probably fix that. Um, But it's just, it's a service where they can give the seniors a little more one-on-one, you know, help them with step-by-step instructions. If they need to retake their driver's test, they can do that there. 
Um, and I think that this is something that maybe Missouri should look into. Our friends over in Illinois are trying it out. I guess we can see how they I don't fare. know that we want to copy Illinois, but this, well, <laughs> yeah. this does kind of sound like a good idea. And I know when we were talking about the, uh, the airplanes making changes to the way they board people, and they're like, just board all the window seats first, which, you know, logically makes sense. But in another study, they said, really, that's not going to help that much. What you have to do is separate the slow boarders from the fast boarders. And that sounds like what Illinois is doing is saying, hey, these people are generally a little bit slower slower in yeah. getting the process done. So let's put them over here. And it probably decreases your frustration hmm. standing in line. Um, if you Maybe feel they like- could designate one specific day or something in the week for folks over a certain age. I've seen a lot of stores, especially since covid they kind of yeah. do like early bird hours. Yeah, they did. You know, grocery stores. Um, IV did that. Yeah, seniors can go shop before it opens for everybody else. So maybe we're on to something. Maybe we are. Well, you might be nervous about getting your prescriptions this week. It might take you longer or you might have to go somewhere else. We will have more about that in just a few minutes here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. That Walgreens, Rite Aid, and this Rite Aid CVS are expected to call in sick this week. Workers are calling the action Farmageddon and may also protest outside stores across the country from Monday to Wednesday. They're demanding better working conditions, including guaranteed hours and better pay for technicians. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. So if you are headed out the door this morning, you're going to want to do two things. You're going to want to wear a coat. The high for today is only 41, and it's going to be a cold, cold Halloween. It's a little, little brisk. Cold Halloween tomorrow. Um, but you're also going to want to probably check the list if you're going to fill a prescription and make and because there are certain pharmacies that are on this walkout list. Again, there's 2,000. And can we get some points for Farmageddon? It's a pretty sweet Yeah, name. I like that. <laughs> but there are 2,000 folks that are planning to uh, walk out. Um, we're getting some texts this morning from Ray. Ray's way, weighing in, and she said it's not just about pay. That's what the companies are trying to make about, but it's about working conditions and uh, and a lot of staffing considerations. They're saying the margins are actually higher on vaccines, and now um, you know they used to just have to do a bunch of vaccines during flu season, but now they're being asked to do vaccines all during <clears throat> for these uh, COVID boosters, and that is uh, and they're being encouraged to do the vaccines, but then they're having to step away from actually filling folks' prescriptions. And there are some pharmacies where they're a week back on filling prescriptions. I know the last time we had uh, Jefferson City Mayor Ron Fitzwater on, who happens to be the lobbyist from the Missouri Pharmacy Association, he talked about all the hoops they have to jump through and all the time they burn up an effort on the reimbursements and all the paperwork that pharmacies have to do that just adds to the workload. And yeah, and they're short-staffed anyway, just like all industries. And so the workers are saying, look, you know, when other people uh, make mistakes, we like to say on the show, you know, we're, good thing we're not uh, doing brain surgery here. <laughs> um, if we make a mistake and... Real good. <laughs> right? Uh, but the pharmacists are saying, look, if we make a mistake, if we're distracted, if I'm having to go do vaccines, if I'm having to do all this paperwork, like you said, John, then, you know, it's, you know, a decimal point here, a typo here, you know, if I get the instructions wrong. I mean, it is sometimes a matter of life or death. But, and then you think about people who, I mean, I'm guilty. I wait till the very last minute. My pharmacists who Same. I know some of my pharmacists listen um, and I call like the day that it's it's out and I'm like oh guess what I need some surprise <laughs> refill and they're like is this important medicine I'm like it really is and um, and so I can't imagine if they told me well you couldn't have it for a week 
Um, and, and my medicine isn't life or death, but it's, um, it certainly helps you feel good. But, um, but some of these people, I mean, that is, that's terrifying that you would show up and they'd say, well, we're a week back. Just, uh, hang on there for a minute. Well, and I'm also thinking we're headed into like cold and flu season. You know, I know several folks who've been battling colds as the temperature has changed. And I'm thinking, what terrible timing. It really, yeah, no, it's not great timing. And then I, I also think, who's not on strike? Us. Good point. <laughs> I mean, Us. Right. Well, maybe, uh, yes, we're not on strike. But the, uh, let's see, they've said the hospitality workers, I think. I heard a rumor that, like, maybe they were going to strike in Las Vegas. We've had, um, the uh, obviously, the auto workers. We've got all the stuff going on with the actors and the writers. I mean, and so we talked earlier this morning, and I want to get to this crazy story from Jefferson City over the weekend, but about, you know, how we're sending messages. And I think, you know, I think the last I saw was this auto worker strike. I mean, they are getting a huge increase in pay. And didn't some of the delivery services, they just got that after they were on strike. So I'm thinking, you know, are we encouraging people by bending to the demands of some of these unions? They see other people doing it. And so they're like, well, uh, it worked for them. So why it's going to work for me? I mean, you think that's it, John? I think you're on the money. I don't think this is a good situation for maybe, us. To maybe be going the down. Uh, dispensary workers in Columbia will try it again. Right? Yeah, there's another one. <laughs> I mean, it seems like who? I mean, literally, I think radio uh, radio folks are the only people who haven't been on strike this week this year. I mean, at least been, that we know of. At least that we know. Of. That's right. We're not unionized here. We are not. Well, and you. So, what kind of messages are we sending people? And some people got a pretty serious message this week in Jefferson City, and I can't say that I've like laughed out loud after reading a police press release in a long time. But the one that Jeff City put out this weekend, it was it was really good. This is almost as good as the chocolate milk <laughs> incident <laughs> that happened a few weeks ago. I guess yeah, I, I see some parallels there. This was the deal. On Saturday afternoon, the police went to the Ulta Cosmetics store on Missouri Boulevard, and the, the guy who called them out there said two women left the store and jumped in a car with big bags of stolen items, took off across the bridge uh, into Callaway County. Callaway County deputies threw out the spike strips and ultimately stopped the car. A couple of them bailed out, had to chase them down with the dog and all that stuff and caught them. But I think it kind of sent a loud message about, you know, this isn't uh, Southern California and the the woke non-response to shoplifting. Not only are we going to, you know, find you, but we're, we'll throw the spike strips down over some makeup. So we are serious <laughs> here in Missouri, which I really appreciate, honestly. I mean, some of these, we know how many businesses have been forced to close because no, they're not getting any help in prosecuting these thefts. And it not only it costs the rest of us money, um, but it, and it's, you know, uh, it drains the resources of these businesses that they're just closing and and that's, i guess if there was any upside to this story might be that they looked really great for their mug shots <laughs> i still find it hilarious though that three folks were arrested but only two of them ran when they ultimately got stopped by the spike strips so i'm thinking the third person just knew that they weren't gonna make it on foot they just sat there and accepted their fate i guess well the, the other one yes yeah the in the the guy involved is facing a bunch of charges, including, as Brian pointed out earlier, possession of a firearm by a felon. 
and driving while suspended. And he, I think he was the getaway car driver. So it's like, Sounds girls, like you got to get resisting a, arrest, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Next time, get a getaway driver that has a license and isn't a felon, maybe. Um, but yeah, so they charged all three of these people, put out a press release. It kind of went locally viral and people are like, yeah, let's get these folks. Um, and I'm hoping it, it, the press release does say all three folks are from St. Louis, Missouri. And so it's, yeah, you can't bring that California stuff or that even that St. Louis stuff to Midmo. We are going to we are going to find you and you are going to get in trouble. Well, and I don't know about this makeup store in particular, but I've heard lots of these big department stores. They train their employees to essentially not try to stop shoplifters have you seen this yeah no i have friends that work in in stores and they say do not touch these people you you know and don't don't follow them out and actually some people have been charged when they have tried to basically recover their things or follow these people out yeah get assault charges on them Mm -hmm. i mean if we've heard about it i'm sure there's bad guys out there that are hearing this and going i could basically walk in and waltz out with as much product as i want that to me is crazy it is, and that's the message that I think people have have been getting uh, from other states and from, I think, more urban areas, and I'm glad uh, this weekend that we are sending folks a different message. Well, over the weekend, um, over the weekend, we got some big news. Uh, Mike Pence dropped out of the race. I'm actually shocked by this news. Hannah? Yeah, I am not surprised that he's dropping out, but the timing that he's dropping out, you know, it's very early in the race still and i would have thought his ego would have prevented him from dropping out until the last minute so i was yeah john were you shocked hearing the news yeah well i was surprised by hearing the news and i kind of track along with what hannah says you know maybe down the road sure but uh kind of early on in the thing being the former you know former vice president and all that he would bail out but maybe and pay me the pollsters no better than we do. I'm trying to remember, was he the first person to essentially announce? I mean, he's been in it, you know, for so long and folks that have gotten in after him. So his real clear polling average was just three and a half percent. He was even being beat by Ramaswamy, who, you know, got into the race and is a relatively newcomer to politics. Which good, because Pence has been such a jerk to Ramaswamy. He really has. <laughs> but that's like if you're the former vice president, I mean, you've got crazy name ID. You know, you should have the wind behind you and you're three and a half percent is kind of embarrassing right but he positioned so negatively with the ever truppers going back to the things at the capitol and you know when the electoral college vote and all that stuff that boy oh boy i think that handwriting was on the wall from the get-go it really was well there's been some talk too about this um ballot in new hampshire i think joe biden is not actually going to appear on the ballot and he you're going to have to write his name in if you live there but i was looking at um, the numbers and there's actually even with the dropouts there's supposed to be 24 republicans on that primary ballot and 21 democrats now in missouri we actually eliminated our uh presidential primary vote and we're going to go back to the caucus system and we are working with uh working on getting someone from the missouri gop here on the show to talk to us about those important dates what you're going to need to know how it's different um and so i'm looking forward to that but i can't who are these other 24 people that are on the ballot in New Hampshire? That's what I really want to know. Yeah, and who's next and dropping out? <laughs> yeah, well, that's a really good question. I don't think Haley drops out. She's actually real clear shows her, you know, kind of surging and getting some momentum. I, she's got, uh, let's see, 12. No, that's DeSantis. DeSantis has 12, but Haley has three, or sorry, eight percentage points. And that's that's pretty good. And she's performed, I think, well in the debate. So I don't see, honestly, of these top, what are we down to, four candidates 
um, Trump, DeSantis, Haley, Ramaswamy, I think they're all in it for the long haul. Well, and Haley is leaning more towards the center, maybe in that libertarian camp when it comes to abortion. And I think that that's going to gain a lot of traction with younger voters. Um, I've seen several clips of hers go viral on TikTok. Of, and there's people in the comments, which usually on TikTok, it's, you know, not exactly a conservative-friendly platform. Mm-hmm. But lots of people in the comments on these videos going, you know, I don't typically support conservative candidates, but I like this girl. I kind of like her on that. Well, we are going to be talking to Frank Catanzaro. He's the chairman of the Missouri Young Republicans, and that's something I want to ask him about. Are people, because initially, Vivek Ramaswamy, how old is he again? He's like 30, 30 well, he's younger than me. 34? I don't, yeah. 37? We'll We'll have to fact check ourselves on that. But I thought they would all be all in for him. But I, I, I suspect a lot of them are still all in for Trump. But it's uh, Ben Carson uh, also this this weekend endorsed Trump and had some like Instagram posts about it. I, does anyone care about Ben Carson or endorsements? He's all been off the radar for a long time. I know. Yeah. I thought it's weird that he would be making such a big deal out of coming in and endorsing Trump. But I do think we'll see more people uh, endorsing Trump as we go forward. Um, it's really, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of these other folks weighing in like it's time for a new era. We've got a lot of people weighing in on the spending debate. We were asking, Thomas Massey uh, in Congress tweeted out something and said, hey, I'm, you know, I took a poll and none of my constituents or the people that I polled um, are in favor of any funding for any um, other countries. And he said, you know, so what are your thoughts? Are you all in for, fun, you know, no funding to anybody? Uh, or do you think there should be funding just for Israel or just for Ukraine? And all of his people said no funding uh, for anybody. And he said that's how he intends to vote. I thought in mid-Missouri that it would be split, um, but we're getting a lot of texts at 573-874-9390. And a lot of folks are saying, yeah, he's right, no funding for anybody. Um, and so that appears to be where our folks are, too. Um, we expect that issue to come up in Congress uh, later this week. And so we'll find out where Congress is on it. Coming up next, we've got... Uh, and that would be all. John, what do you got for that? Halloween it like you mean it. Flying is lighting up about foreign aid. Adam is saying, keep our money here. Stop funding perpetual war. Catherine says, I like to pick my charitable contributions. And our friend, I think it was Brad, gave me a chuckle when he said, when I was reading that uh, story about the Jeff City police <laughs> nabbing those guys or women, he said, uh, you know, there's a Jason Aldean song that uh, comes to mind. You know, maybe they shouldn't have uh, tried that in a small town. So that was good. <laughs> that was really good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so coming up, uh, we've got uh, and that would be all except for this. OK, we've got some Halloween and that would be all except for this. Offsides. <laughs> First day. Kid came to my door a few years back. They said wearing a shirt full of small cereal boxes with knives sticking out the side of each of the box. I asked him what he was supposed to be, and he replied, Are you stupid or something? I'm a cereal killer. Love it. Went to a party where three people dressed up like David Hasselhoff from Baywatch. At one point, someone fell into the pool and all the Hasselhoffs jumped in to save him. Let's see. Doorbell made our great Dane nervous on Halloween, so we gave him some vet-prescribed puppy Xanax to relax for the night. But he was so stoned, at one point he walked out the front door and peed on a kid's dad. <laughs> and and finally, Mom did a full witch costume, green face and all. The smart aleck neighbor asked, finally dressed as your true self, I see. 
She said, no, I modeled it off your wife's wedding photos. Oh. <laughs> and says, we don't speak with them anymore. Now you know the rest of that story. Wow. I'm wondering what everyone's <laughs> Halloween costumes, how many Travis Kelsey's and Taylor Swift's did you see this last weekend? I was just getting ready to say the same thing. I'm sure that will be one of the top couples costumes of this year. I s- yeah. Zombie Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Right? I still really want a picture of someone dressed as Bob Menendez with like some Mercedes keys and a jacket full of gold. Um, <laughs> I just think somebody, somebody's got to do it, right? Did you see my Halloween costume, Hannah? I was going to ask you. I saw some great pictures of the kiddos. Oh, and your yes. husband had an interesting <laughs> get up on. So, it was slightly disturbing. <laughs> But it, it is slightly disturbing. So my my girls made a deal with my with uh, with my husband and, and also with me and I. They went and ran the a five k in their costumes this weekend. Um, but the girls agreed that they really wanted to go as old ladies. And they've come up. They they tried to think of old lady what they call old lady names that they refer to each other as. I what they pick? One is Linda, which I think okay. fits. Yeah. And then I think like Karen. <laughs> Right, Karen. They went with uh, I think Linda and Rita for a while. Um, <laughs> so you have the funniest kids. It is hilarious. They've got these crazy wigs and pearls and canes, and they got like a little cardigan and a little floral dress. Um, I think they actually won like an award uh, for a costume. So, but they their deal was we will do the old lady thing, but mom and dad, you have to dress up as babies or kids. Oh, so, your husband fully embraced it. So Chris Bell had on like a um, a nude bodysuit. <laughs> With a cloth diaper and like a, a weird pacifier, um, so uh, you know it's your kids. You got to do what it. What a good sport, right? I think I, I have something planned, so maybe we'll take a full Halloween picture tomorrow. But of course, um, it, my costume will likely be covered up by a full-on winter coat tomorrow night because it is going to be <laughs> rather chilly. That was always the worst as a kid when your mom would make you bundle up underneath your Halloween costume, and it would totally ruin. Your costume, my girl. What are you supposed to be, little girl? <laughs> the Michelin Man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my girls were definitely wearing like uh, long johns under their costume. <laughs> now, do you Saturday think your morning. girls will wear these costumes until after the holidays? Oh, I yeah. Oh, yes. They <laughs> they put them on almost every day, and then do these little bits around the house about what it was like back in their day when they when we didn't have no iPhones. That's what Amelia likes to say. I was going to say, what is their version of the dark ages? What do they think it was? Oh, goodness. It is hilarious. So text us if you have a fun picture of a politically themed uh, Halloween costume. We want to see it. Let us know. Um, And then coming up, we are going to talk to Frank Catanzaro. He is chairman of the Missouri Young Republicans. We are going to hear the state of that organization. What's the membership look like and how are they recruiting new young people into the Republican?